1: Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdell. My guest this week is Barbara Morton. Barbara is the Deputy Chief Veteran Experience Officer at U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. And in this role, Barbara is responsible for building a lasting customer experience capabilities at VA and sharing best practices across sister federal agencies. Barbara is the Deputy Chief Veteran Experience Officer at the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast.
0: Thank you, Nick. Thanks for having me. Excited for the discussion today.
1: Yeah, you and me both. Uh, So the first question I have for every guest is tell me about something that people might not know about you.
0: Well, so this is like the best question to start (laughs) off with. I love this. Um, So one thing that people may not know about me is I'm actually very artistic. Um, So I'm a lawyer by trade and I've been in Mm. government, a public servant faithfully for the last 14 years, but I'm also incredibly uh, creative as well. So I do stained glass, um, pottery, jewelry making, um, you know, pastels, charcoal, painting, the whole nine. My, My mother was an artist, so that was always a big part of our lives growing up Um, and it helps me creatively problem solve I think in government too so it's hopefully a good skill to have put to good use
1: yeah that's actually really neat I've never uh, heard of somebody who's a a lawyer and a creative uh, at the same time I think that's probably a pretty unique (laughs) trade set
0: I'm a weird combination probably
1: (laughs) (laughs) if you were to pick one piece that you're most proud of what would it be
0: You know, I I think it's a a piece, a few pieces that I did recently, Um, they're actually Mm -hmm. mosaics. So it was my first hand at mosaic. Um, Very similar to stained glass, obviously, in terms of the product that you use, but the way you manipulate the glass is quite different. Um, So I've Mm. got two pieces that I I did last fall hanging in my living room. Um, So very, very proud of those.
1: That's awesome. Very cool. So uh, to kick things off, uh, for the people that might not know, what do you do at the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs?
0: So I am really fortunate um, to work, what I see as one of the best jobs in the department, and that is really to focus on the experiences that we provide to veterans, their families, caregivers, and survivors when they interact with VA. And essentially what that means is, how are we supporting the department to enable the greatest experiences possible? Because veterans deserve the best from us. So we have a pretty robust um, customer experience data capability, which really involves real-time customer experience surveys so we get that feedback rapidly in real time rather than months or or weeks after an experience. Mm -hmm. So the teams on the ground can kind of triage those issues, um, those concerns and really help get the, the veteran the help that they need. We also have a, a really, really strong um, human-centered design practice, which is, you know listeners may be familiar with, it's just a fancy way of saying, talk to your customers and understand what their journeys are, and design your solutions around them. Um, so we've developed that over, over many years, have interviewed you know, thousands of veterans and, and really tried to create very concrete products um, for our employees to deliver better experiences through training, other artifacts, best practices, things of that nature.
1: Wow. And, and how many total employees do you guys have at the VA?
0: So VA has about almost 400,000 employees, plus a, a bunch of um, contract support as well. So we are a very, very large organization. Um, and I think we have the best mission in the world, again, which is to serve those who have given so much to our country.
1: Yeah, that is a great ma- mission. Um, and then how many departments do you guys have?
0: So we're organized um, into sort of three large administrations. One is the Veterans Health Administration, so VA hospitals throughout the nation. The second largest is the Veterans Benefits Administration, again, regional offices throughout the nation. And the third is National National Cemetery Administration. Mm. um, And again, cemeteries throughout the United States. Uh, We also have a number of supporting staff offices. My office is what's called a staff office. Um, But it's interesting when you ask that question, because I think for those of us who are trying to sort of understand and organize the capabilities of VA, the org structure makes sense. From a veteran perspective, however, They're not necessarily interested in our org structure. So what my office tries to do is really sort of flip the way we see ourselves inside out, meaning we look at the veteran's journey with us at VA and where we plug into their lives rather than them having to figure out our bureaucracy. So that's kind of a great example of of how we really try to kind of just change our orientation and change our way of thinking to, to meet them where they are.
1: Yeah, I love that. I wish that more organizations would actually do that, Uh, do what was best for the consumer, not saying, hey, check us out and work in our framework.
0: Exactly, exactly right.
1: Yeah. So how old is the Veteran Experience Office Department?
0: So we're, we're kind of a baby office. We're, we're relatively young. Um, we, we were stood up in 2015, January 2015. Um, and a little bit of the background, um, some, some may remember, you know, back in April 2014. There was really a crisis at the department, um, a crisis for veterans, and that was the, the Phoenix uh, VA. Medical Center with certain wait times and things, um, you know, veterans not having a good experience, obviously. And so that, I think, for us, organizationally was really a tremendous wake-up call that, hey, we really need to make sure we can listen to and act upon um, experiences that veterans are having. Because if you think about certain measures of performance, like operational metrics, for example, um, number of claims processed, number of surgeries conducted, operationally things could look just fine but if the experience is less than it should be then we're missing a great opportunity to to meet the needs of veterans and also hold ourselves accountable for experience mm-hmm. so this office was really born out of a catalyst i would say um, and we've been building it ever since then I'm proud to say that the the team that i have um, in this office and also our brothers and sisters across va who have really really Come along this journey with us. it was an idea back in two thousand and fifteen. It was a concept, and we've been able to actually make it real and tangible and adapt adapt it to um, kind of how we operate in government to make the greatest impact we can
1: mm. yeah that's that's really neat uh and and that's only been for five years. you said
0: yeah, about five years was when the office was first stood up and i I joined um back in uh, the summer of two
1: thousand and sixteen mm. so Speaking of your role as the uh, Deputy Chief Veteran Experience Officer, what does that, what does your role consist of?
0: So, uh, you know, there are a lot of sort of internal operations that I oversee, but really it's kind of about. Um, you know, driving the strategy, creating a strategy for VA to have this be an enduring capability. So it's not just a one-off, it's not just a good idea that then disappears over time, but to really hardwire it, bake it in to the culture as a core business discipline. So I was mentioning before the concept of operational metrics that, you know, a lot of agencies and other, you know, private sector organizations report out on. Those are very, very important, but what we're trying to do is bring experience to be a co-equal measure of our performance, along with those very, very important operational metrics. So again, a lot of what I do is is really kind, kind of trying to frame um, what the capabilities we offer do as a way to sort of provide greater value to veterans and their families and make it part of how we do business at VA.
1: Yeah, I love that it's a co-equal. Why is that important to you guys?
0: I think, you know, again, for me, I I sort of, you know, one one other thing you may not know about me, I am a shameless patriot. So I love this country. (laughs) I love being a public servant. Um, And I think for me, choosing the path that I chose professionally to be in public service, Mm -hmm. I have a very, I have a very deep and profound sense of duty to actually serve the public in a way that is actually not just going to be a transaction and deliver on the transactional requirement, but actually create an experience where, you know, we're actually here to give back and to serve you. We're not here just to push paper, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's some sort of, to me, it's, um, there's like a philosophical component to me of why that's important. It's an emotional component as well. I think that's why, why we are public servants for our great country.
1: Yeah. That, that is really cool. Um, so I, I had the opportunity to read the 2024 strategic plan uh, laid out by the current secretary where he states, the customer service is my prime directive and first priority. Yep. So what did he mean by that?
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, when, when he came in into town um, and literally that was his prime directive for all of us back in 2018, It was just such an incredible moment because that's exactly what i think all of us have been have been really trying to amplify and kind of Mm -hmm. again make as a co-equal sort of measure of performance in va and so i think to him when he when he talks about customer experience he talks about it in a number of dimensions one of course is the experience with um, that we provide to veterans and their families caregivers and survivors But the other dimension which he's very specific about is the employee experience. And I think, you know, as listeners kind of think about this, they're very, very intertwined. They are Mm. super, super dependent, you know, co-dependent on each other. And so I think, um, you know, Secretary Wilkie has really spent some time to make sure that from a top, top leadership perspective, this is a culture that we want to provide um, and, and sort of build and grow and the experiences that we want to provide to our customers. And so having that, leadership support at the highest level is super invaluable because it just sets a tone and it sets a focus area that I think frankly everybody can get on board with. I've not met one person that doesn't agree that customer experience is a really really important element of what we do. Um, The other interesting thing I'll mention if I can Mm -hmm. you think about government and probably any organization, There are a lot of different sort of operational levers to sort of utilize, to try to, again, infuse a transformation initiative like CX into the culture, into the organization. The VA strategic plan is one such vehicle or ingredient, if you will, kind of a a key ingredient to sort of really make sure that we can get this down to you know, every level and, and in the environment. And so the strategic plan, you'll, as you probably read, has lots of reference to, to veteran experience. And it was sort of foundationally crafted around the veterans experience journey map, which we did very early on in this office um, history, probably back in 2015 or so. And so mm-hmm. you can see, you know, again, it's infused in, in a lot of little nooks and crannies um, throughout, throughout the organization.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it for sure uh, sounds like it. You know, tell me more about this uh, VA first customer service policy.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, so that again, talking about ingredients and levers to use. Mm -hmm. Right. So when our current secretary came on board, one of the very first policies he issued was a VA wide customer experience policy one Mm -hmm. of the first, unheard of first ever. So of course we were incredibly pleased (laughs) that that happened again, just to reinforce and to drive this orientation. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part about that policy is that there there are a couple of distinct components and this is something that we learned um, in the Veterans Experience Office in the first few years that, that I was on board and the first few years it was developing. And that is that you really need to be clear and define what your core capabilities are So like kind of the what, and then the how you're going to apply them to produce impact and tangible results. Mm -hmm. And so I talked a little bit earlier about customer experience data, whether it's real-time surveys, human-centered design. Another key component of that is putting the data to action and creating tangible, tangible tools to empower employees to deliver great experiences. So that's kind of sort of a a little bit of the framework um, and some of the core capabilities that we offer. Um, We also serve as sort of a, you know, a VA-wide integrator, if you will, and sponsor for the front door, the digital front door, VA.gov for veterans, um, and also kind of the back-end data systems that need to be integrated to provide that front door singular um, experience. So the, Mm. the kind of core capabilities and framework is the first part of the policy, and the second two parts really are about, you know, how do we infuse customer experience insights and data into decision making because data sitting on a shelf is not really going to be helpful, right? (laughs) So we have an internal way that we, um, you know, make decisions at an organizational level. Customer experience insights um, is part of that now. And then the accountability piece, we hold ourselves accountable at an organizational level, um, reporting our trust scores with veterans publicly and also at an individual level. So our senior executives are held accountable now for customer experience metrics. So you can see there are a lot of different ways to, to kind of drive it. And again, using the levers that we have in government, um, that's, that's one of the things we've been able to do.
1: Yeah, that's really neat. And I, I want to get to the trust uh, here in a, in a few more questions. But tell me about, you guys have the strategic plan. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have brand promises or best practices around that?
0: So yeah, I mean, we have a lot of best practices um, that we've kind of de- you know developed or brought in and adapted um, from industry. So one example, um, we have a really, really very well developed patient experience program. So I mentioned we support the entire department, all the administrations we talked about, but the Veterans Health Administration was sort of an early adopter with us in in terms of proving the concept of how important and how valuable customer experience is. So one of the things we did early on when I came to this office was the team went out and said, okay, we're gonna build this, this patient experience program as a proof of concept we want to actually do our research, not only with veterans, to map their journey and understand what moments matter most to them. We want to go to leaders in industry and mm-hmm. understand what they do as a best practice so we can kind of bring those in and adapt them to, to VA. So one perfect example of what we did is we, when we went out to, um, to speak with, with some of these experts like you know Cleveland Clinic, Mayo Clinic, One of their best practices was what's called leadership rounding, which basically means your leadership in a medical facility walks the floor, talks to patients, talks to employees, not once a year, but on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So we adapted that practice and, and brought it into VA to kind of fit with the VA culture. And so now we have a program called We Care Rounding, which is a play on some of our core values and characteristics that we have now infused across VHA medical centers as a best practice. Um, so we're always learning, we're always wanting to bring in and adapt those great practices that industry has been able to utilize. Um, mm. And really working you know, with, with the insights that we get from human-centered design, prototyping, testing products with employees as well, really enables us to give some, some dynamite products for people to execute on.
1: Mm. That's really cool. Um, so how important is it for the VA to receive customer feedback?
0: Oh gosh. I mean, to me, customer feedback is like the heartbeat <laughs> of this whole organization, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, super, super important. And again, you know, I can talk a lot about the sort of the mechanisms and government that, that we've, I referred to before and, and sort of speak to, but at the end of the day, you know, it really boils down to an individual to individual level and making that moment matter um, and, and sort of connect and owning that moment with people so they don't feel like they're falling through the cracks or that their needs aren't being met. And I love the concept of like, you set these sort of macro policies, you set these you know s- certain drivers, but again, at the end of the day, it's about the folks on the front lines who are interacting with our veterans and their families each and every day.
1: Yeah, well, what are a few examples that you guys use to uh, receive customer feedback?
0: Yeah, so um, we've got a lot of different channels. Um, so one of the mechanisms we use, which I which I referred to, my office uses um, on behalf of the department, is the um, the real time survey capability. Mm-hmm. So if a veteran is getting treatment at a VA medical center, you know, within you know a, a week or a few days. They will get an email invitation survey. They, um, you know, they fill out their survey and immediately those results go back into the system. But the interesting part about the survey, people usually ask, well, how do you know which survey questions to ask? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, well, I don't make them up actually. They're based on human-centered design, journey mapping, moments that matter most. We take those moments that matter most, we create questions around them, test those questions with veterans before we launch them to make sure they make sense and then ultimately deploy them. So it's really always this kind of like constant feedback loop, even about how we're collecting that feedback before we before we launch it um, and deploy it.
1: Yeah, I love the section where you just said, measure uh, moments that matter most. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's staying focused on the moments that matter most. And yeah. sometimes yep. there, we can get in the, the busyness of life or busyness of work. And I call it the horse blinders where we're like, okay, yes. this is my goal yes. and I'm going to run as fast as I can in that direction. Oh. But if you don't actually understand what, what matters uh, to you, but it's also what matters to your, to your customers, your consumers. So yeah. uh, very cool. Um,
0: and one example, if I can just give, you know, yeah. on that, because yeah. you know, the thing that I, I always really like to, to sort of highlight is the power of experience, the power of talking to your customers and understanding the moments that matter most. So talked about healthcare, talked about how we've done a number of of journey maps with Veterans Health Administration. One of the journey maps uh, was in relation to outpatient services. That's a huge, huge business line for Veterans Health Administration. So we went out, we talked to hundreds of different veterans across multiple demographics, ages, locations, et cetera. And one of the moments that mattered most to them in their journey with us was navigation of a VA medical facility, right? Now, naturally, navigation of a VA medical facility would never appear on an operational dashboard, right? An operational dashboard, rather, would capture, again, number of surgeries completed, you know, number of new patients seen, right? Navigation of the facility, though, is important to the veteran. So Mm -hmm. we want to be able to measure that. So my team um, in concert, again, partnership, great partnership with VHA, designed a survey around that particular moment that mattered And then we also helped to scale a tool what i call a tangible tool that was already in place in some va medical centers but not all which was an ambassador or greeter program so essentially what what you see now when you walk into a va medical center is a greeter or number of greeters sometimes they're dogs as greeters that wear red coats it's called the red coat ambassador program that Mm -hmm. will help respond to this moment that matters most so again we took the human centered design insights this fell out as a moment that mattered most. We measure how we do in that domain, and we also have created a program in concert with VHA across medical centers to address it. So it's really got to be that sort of holistic um, cycle. You can't just have the data and admire the data. You've got to create something to respond to it, and then measure your performance in it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's so neat. You know, the last thing that somebody wants to to figure out is how do I navigate? How do once I'm at the hospital? Where do I go next? How do I have my peace of mind? The last thing that they want to do is that they're trying to worry about the issue that they're there for. Um, One of the tools that you guys uh, provided was something called a a welcome kit.
0: Yeah. Uh, Can
1: you explain that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I remember in the beginning, we were talking about kind of the structure of VA, we got health, Mm -hmm. benefits, memorial services, other staff offices. Well, again, to a veteran, they shouldn't have the burden of trying to figure out our org chart. So the welcome kit is actually based on the veteran's journey map that I mentioned that was done a number of years ago when this office first stood up. And it really is a way for us to understand in the veteran's life cycle based on their input, where where should and does VA fit and to to kind of help them along their journey. And so the welcome kit basically uses that journey map and inserts references to the different sort of benefits and services available, not based on our bureaucracy, but based on the life cycle and the Mm -hmm. journey of the veteran. So it should be more intuitive to veterans to utilize. So if they're out of military and they're saying, hey, I'm just getting started, I'm starting with my career or I wanna buy a house, we're aligning our services Based on that journey line, rather than again them having to figure out who in VA and the bureaucracy do I have to speak to. So right. to me, it's one of my one of my favorite products um, that that this office and this incredible team um, has developed.
1: Hmm, it's really neat. Um, the VA has also a quarterly trust survey. Yeah. And, and I, I promised I was going to get back to the trust uh, question, but. Uh, you ask veterans to rate VA's ease of use, effectiveness, yes. and its staff avail- availability to provide an empathetic experience, yep. which I think is awesome. Um, but you also ask the question, do you trust the VA? And mm-hmm. to what extent?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why do you use the word trust?
0: Yeah, well, this this is also again i think such a such an important conversation so one of the things that we wanted to do in this office again early on was to establish some core principles like what does customer experience even mean what are the elements of customer experience that we can all understand and and speak to um, as sort of an organization and so the model that we use which you just mentioned you know the key the key components Mm -hmm. of course any experience and you think about your own experience in you know your your daily life it's got to be easy It's got to be effective. I need to get what I need. It's got to feel emotionally resonant, like I'm actually a valued customer, again, and not a transaction. And these three domains, we believe, are all key drivers of trust. Now, why is trust Mm -hmm. important? As public servants, and this is my view, trust is our most valuable currency. We hold this trust for all the public and especially those that we serve. And so that's why it is our, our primary metric in terms of how are we doing macro VA? How are we serving you? How are you feeling about us? And I'm really, really proud to say that when we started this trust mes- metric about five years ago, the initial kind of baseline was, was not that great. It was about 55% mm-hmm. agreement. So we had a long long way to go. Over the last four years, trust has increased by 20 over 20%. So that is veterans telling us that, you know, we're listening, we're responding, we're doing something right to earn that trust. And, you know, our goal is to to hit a 90% agreement with that level. We've got a ways to go. But incredible progress and cer- certainly attribute all of that to our frontline employees who are really walking the walk and delivering every single day, nose-to-nose with veterans, dynamite experiences.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, what comes back down to... Uh, the leadership, all the way up to the Secretary Wilkie, who yep. believes in it, but yep. it has to trickle down all the way down to the person who's interacting with that with the service member, uh, because if yep. they don't believe in it, Absolutely. and they're just like, "Oh man, you're just giving me more work, and I got to get measured on something else now. I got to get measured on trust. What is yep. this? What's going on?" But once they believe in it, a hundred percent, that they buy in.
0: Yeah, um, and I, I think they're like just just to that point. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they're they're like two dimensions of experience. And one I think is the one that it's like the feel good, right? Everybody I think as a public servant believes, especially at VA, it's the right thing to do, right? Veterans are, are, are you know deserving of the best from all of us, the best experiences. But the other dimension is it actually has positive impacts in trust scores and operational efficiencies. If you're designing any product, based on what veterans are telling you that they want, you're always going to produce a better outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you design something with kind of my internal idea of what might make most sense, it could be a hit or a miss. So I think there's so many dimensions to the value of it. You know, part of it is the, the feel good part, but also the other part, it's like a hardcore business discipline to create better impact.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you had mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago that, trust is the most important metric in public service. And I would argue that it's not just in public service. It, yeah. It's across yes. the board. And, and the more that people trust you, yep. it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect every time. Of course. It, it means that um, what you're doing over time is what's in the best interest of the person yes. interacting with you.
0: Yes, agree.
1: Uh, so I, I love that. Um, Tell me about the Community Veteran Engagement Boards.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is an incredible partnership. So, you know, I mentioned some of the, the, um, the capabilities that we have, you know, the data, the human-centered design, the tools that we build and deploy, and then enabling technology. So another key component is partnerships and community engagement. The Community Veteran Engagement Boards, otherwise known as CVEBs, um, are boards that are, that are kind of grassroots local organizations across the nation that consist of, you know, veteran advocates in a region, veterans themselves, private sector partners, just a whole collection, veteran service organizations of folks who are coming together at a local level to help solve local veteran issues because we know certain veteran needs in the Northeast might be different from the Southwest. So all of these in- incredible CBEBs exist mm-hmm. um, really to sort of be a nucleus of partnerships in those local areas. So we partner with them. Um, It's not, they're not, you know, quote, unquote, VA organizations, but we partner with them and coordinate them on so many levels in terms of information distribution from VA, you know, feedback collection, trying to understand, you know, what are some issues locally. So it's an incredible way for us to plug into local communities across the nation.
1: Yeah. and, And, um, from the research that I read, I think there's 163 of these boards yep, yep. across the country, and they represent yep. 50 million people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the catchment areas. You know, they each have kind of their rings of, of influence. Um, and funny, funny, interesting background, or not funny, but interesting background about the CBEBS. Um, so they, some of them, sort of naturally existed in pockets. Um, and our former secretary, Secretary Bob McDonald, who actually stood up this this office back in 2015 he had sort of seen an example of these engagement boards, I think it was in um, San Diego or Southern Mm -hmm. California. And he came back after he was sort of going out in the field and sort of understanding, you know, how veterans were doing and organizations, partnerships. Um, And he thought, wow, what a great opportunity to see if we can help foster these types of um, grassroots engagement boards across the nation. So that's sort of how we became, um, my office became involved in that.
1: That's so cool. I can't believe they represent 50 million people. That's ah, uh, it's what an yeah. accomplishment on that side. But um, and the last question about the VA is: uh, tell me about the VA hotline.
0: Yeah, so we we also know that like we're walking through all these things, we have our hands in a lot. You <laughs> a do. Lot of things. My office yeah. has our hands in a lot of things. So yeah, so the VA hotline. So this is a new capability again that was stood up um, probably about two, three, you know, three years ago now, and it's essentially in response to veterans saying, hey, when I call, you know, to get some help for VA, if I don't call the right number or if I can't get a hold of somebody, I really just want to be able to have, you know, a hotline. It's available twenty four seven. To really be able to kind of express my concerns or give a compliment if, it, if it's that um, or just, you know, kind of escalate things to get things moving. And mm-hmm. so my team, um, you know, has has um, sponsorship of, of that capability. And it's interesting because we're always again wanting to learn and update and sort of um, make sure that we create an experience that that veterans, you know, that are going to resonate with veterans. So we have um, been able to kind of create, in, in conjunction with this hotline, a sort of a single front door, if you will, in terms of if a veteran doesn't know what phone number to call, they can call this single front door phone number mm. and get directed um, you know, either kind of through a phone tree, they can make a selection, or they can get directed to a live agent. So we're really just, again, trying to accommodate and adapt um, to make sure that veterans can actually speak with a live person if, if they need to do that.
1: Yeah. No, that that's great. I, I wish, kind of going back to the the um, the private sector, it's I wish all organizations had that, where I could just pick up the phone, say yep. what I really wanted, and go to the right person at the right time. Yep, uh, so I, I love that, and you guys are on mission. Um, yeah, you've only been doing this for five years, but we didn't even talk about all the things that you've actually accomplished. We just gave you gave everybody a sneak peek. So. Um, you know, everybody's money is, is is well used uh, here at, at the VEO, but um, I wrap up every podcast with two questions. Mm-hmm. And, and the first question is, what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? Mm-hmm. And then the second one is, if you could leave a note to all the customer experience professionals and Monday at 8am it reaches everybody's desk, what would it say?
0: So I think, can I start with the second one first? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I might, I'll leave a note with a couple of hashtags, probably yeah. <laughs> one is one is for my CX brothers and sisters. Um, you make a difference, keep charging, you know, keep driving this change, we're driving it from the inside out, we're driving it with our private sector and nonprofit partners. All of us in this ecosystem are in it together. And it's so beautiful to have such a, um, such a focus and unified intent around customer experience. So keep charging is what I would say to to them. Um, In terms of the most influential book or person, uh, again, I'll kind of also deviate a little bit. I will Mm -hmm. say the most influential group of people has been my brothers and sisters in VA and across federal government who are Mm -hmm. in customer experience to make government work as best as it can to serve the public the best that it can. I'm just privileged to be one out of so many around me and let's keep charging.
1: Yeah, that is actually some really great advice. And, and uh, I love the fact that you brought up your team. Um, You know, you guys, again, have done so much. And I'm really excited to what you guys are going to be doing in the future, because I know you're not done yet.
0: No, no, not even close. We're just (laughs) getting started. We're just scratching the surface. Just getting started. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, Barbara, thank you so much for joining me uh, on the podcast. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing the success that you guys are going to be doing and how you're helping serve the Veteran Affairs.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for the time, Nick. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press 1 for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio.